think about Hollywood, there's a lot of people in Hollywood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Think about how many black people there are in Hollywood. It's a nice little number, especially we're growing now. Think about how many out gay black people there are in Hollywood. Mm. Not a probably, lot. Probably you can count them on your yeah. one or two hands. Yeah. The numbers don't add up. And I think what's happening is there are you people mean it's of not, color. It's a term that there are more gay people in the country, and it's not relative to this. It's less like Yeah, I'm just yeah, talking about in terms of people yeah. of color being gay. It's like, it's what, me, Wanda, Rue, you know? It's like <laughs> Titus. Yeah. It's like, I think there's, there's a lot of us, but a lot of us don't want to necessarily be public about it. There's still this thing of like, well, it's my private life. But I think, honestly, like, we have to be a bit of a beacon of light for uh -huh. those young kids of color mm -hmm. who are wondering, like, am I weird? Is something wrong with me? Um, what kind of, what quality of life might I have? So for me, I mean, I, I don't even think of what I'm doing as very revolutionary. I don't know how to not be gay as hell or yeah. black as hell. That's just who I Welcome, welcome. This is the Assembly King Podcast. This is your boy Rodney Perry King himself. And you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being human. Um, today is a really, really dope one, really special. I'm so glad you guys, you know, are here to witness this conversation and be a part and consume everything that we have to say. It's going to be a fun one for sure, so definitely stick around. I have with me today a writer, a Southern gentleman, and you know I love the South, you know. <laughs> you may have, you know, seen some of his work on various channels that you already have on your cable box, if you have not unplugged, um, or you may have, you know, read his blogs, seen any little piece of his content, but Right now, I have with me is Jason Azari. Or do you just like to go by Jason? Honestly, it really doesn't matter. I mean, people mess that up. So you got it right. So I give you cool points. You know, you know, you got to get a man's name right. You got to get everybody's name right. You got to see it, no matter how quote unquote difficult people believe it to be. But how you feeling, bro? How you doing? It's a good day, man. It's a good day in the neighborhood, for real. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. What's the weather like down there today? Where are you? Where are, you? are you in Atlanta right now? Yes, I am. And it is crazy weather. I mean, it's hot, but it'll be cold tomorrow. Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm personally, I've, I've, I've been waiting on this warmth. I've been kind of like this extended winter that I've had, you know, in Shy City has not been pleasurable. So I'm glad to have it. First, let's, let's you know... Uh, something that I do, you know, from time to time is do a, a shout out to someone who, somebody who I believe embodies what will be spoken about within this episode. And I call it the Simply Being shout out. Sometimes it's people I know. Sometimes it's people who just inspire me. Today, I think, is one that is extremely appropriate. And that is a person by the name of Lena Waithe. We both know who Lena Waithe is. You guys know who Lena Waithe is. Chicago native, we came to know her from her on-screen appearance, probably for a lot of us through Master of None with Aziz Ansari on Netflix. But she, since then, has done so much from winning Emmys, making history, and also being in so many other things. You can see her now still in theaters in Ready Player One, playing H, and up and coming, I believe, this actually maybe tomorrow in oh. the new season of uh, Dear White People. She's actually featured in that a couple episodes. You know, they, those all get released all at once. But I'm highlighting a person by the name of Lena Waithe because she embodies something that I believe is all about inclusiveness, true inclusiveness when it comes to on-screen people in color, uh, being that she is an intersectional person has this intersectional identity herself. She represents so much and she's thinking about every single thing in the best and most appropriate way. And it's still very, very intentional and very genuine with the things that she writes and the things that she associates herself with. Just the way that she postures herself and the way that she's moving within the industry right now is extremely commendable and something that I aspire to as well as I believe a lot of other young men and women who want to either break in the industry or who are already operating within it. So big, big 
big. Simply being shout out to Lena Way. Um, but let's get this going. Um, All right. Intro, intro, intro. So they know who you are. I would love for you to give them a breakdown of the things that you've done thus far. Just, you know, establish the credibility so they understand why I brought you on to this thing. Oh, man, where do I start? I mean... At the beginning. Oh, in the middle. Because <laughs> you, are, you, are, you are a writer, so, you know, creative writing, I do not want to stifle that. So do what makes sense. Yes, I mean... I will say I've got my start in the industry with Naomi Campbell on the face as an onset hand. And ever since then, I mean, I've worked with Tyra Banks on The Fab Life. I worked at Fox doing Lucifer, Second Chance, um, USA doing Queen of the South, doing uh, Shooter. Both of them are coming on in June. Then I got Claws for TNT coming on in June. Uh, I used to do Graceland. I mean, I've done a lot of stuff, like Time Flies, for real. Mm-hmm. Then I also work with artists, like musicians. I mean, then I'm trying to do my own stuff. I mean, I need a stunt double or a triple or something. We all do. We all do. You know, I, I, I say that all the time. I wish that I had a, a me, a, you know, another me that could just stay home and, you know, work on the dream. Another one that can fund the dream. You know what I'm saying? Um, just to get it all done. I can only imagine. But let's dive right into the conversation. Um, I'm so glad that you're here. And I really want to talk about this because I haven't had a, a conversation in broad about you know certain specific things i did a great you know uh review episode about you know the great 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 masterpiece of black panther with my boy jamaza harris which you guys should definitely check that one out um forever wakanda uh but this is a very general episode that i believe you know really is trying to make a point of you know highlighting the things that i think we all notice we all love to see and just breaking those things down and getting a great, great insight from a person who's dealing with that on the day-to-day and within their own career. So, first question, what is the biggest aspect that you believe is missing from television, the, the television and film industry today? Um, the showcasing of color as it really is in real life. like. There's so many different shades that people don't see. You only see one shade of black. You only see one shade of oriental. You only see one shade of a color. Like, all Asians aren't, like, super smart. All black people aren't funny. We don't all play sports. I mean, we just need something that covers all bases. And, I mean, that really needs to happen. I mean, and then we all don't do music. So... I mean, we just need more diversity. Like, you can get that for other races, but people of color, no. It's like we're only subjective to doing one thing. And I'm tired of it. I mean, I'm just, I just want to see more. I agree. I agree. I think it's extremely funny how living in Chicago is where I first noticed it, you know, that when you talk about like whiteness, Whiteness is something that all people who outwardly look white claim. Check the box. Somebody asks you, are you a white man or white woman? You possibly say yes in public. But the way that they refer to themselves is this, they differentiate. Like they won't yeah. look at another white person in the street and say, oh, look at this white woman in the street. They'll be like, oh, who is this Jewish woman? trying to cross the street. Who is this Italian, Irish woman trying to cross the street? This Polish woman was talking to me earlier today. That's what they refer to each other as. And I think that is something to be analyzed when it comes to them being able to see diversity amongst themselves when it comes to different experiences they want to write about, different stories they want to write about. And I, I think it's strange. It's extremely strange. But uh, my follow-up question would be, because what what is the, what would you say is, have you seen any examples or what is the most diverse 
version of what you see do you think you have never seen it because it is missing or have you ever what has came close or give me any example that you believe that you've seen and tell me why that you believe that is that within either tv or film um the most diverse i've seen in a cast is actually a show they canceled um since eight because i mean it i've heard that really it really crossed so many different things all at once. I mean, you had a person representing pretty much any culture because, like, it's set up like you got eight people all born on the same day at the same time, mm-hmm. but they're all throughout the whole entire world. And then, I mean, they all have their own problems. I mean, they have religious problems, like identity problems, like. Mm-hmm that's the closest that comes to it I mean nothing other than that nothing yeah I think from I think for me there aren't many examples uh I think I think about you know maybe two two examples come to mind where I, when I think about just you know diversity and um one being Orange is the New Black and second being uh, the Fast and Furious series the problems that I have with those two, because I think those two aren't the perfect examples. I think those two still need, they, their flaws are still very heavy. One is because of the, you know, the content and subject matter. Uh, this, it, it had to be, you know, a prison setting to show some sense of diversity because you can't have a prison anything without having some color, you know? So I think that's right. the unfortunate part because it's not it's not something that they meant to do because this is something artistic and something, this is a, a moment to be truthful and representative, but this is just is. So this wouldn't be a real story and this wouldn't be authentic if we didn't have this diversity because that's what prison is. And then, you have Fast and Furious, which has these people who are from different places. You know, you have the ambiguous individual Vin Diesel. You have, you know, you had Paul Walker, rest in peace, and other, you know, uh, leading like, you know, you know, Stamus and uh, Jason Statham and people like that. And then you have, you know, a diverse female cast, um, especially now because they are on their what, like, what, ninth movie now? Something like that. Something like that. There. I think they because these rhyme is like fate, fate of the Furious, which which was eight. So it's I think on the ninth movie, which I've heard they gonna have two, two more. So it's gonna go up to ten. And the only thing about that is because it's this action movie and it's it's very you know sensational and it's kind of like okay you know really anybody could have played those roles and I appreciate the the intention, but yet I still feel like you know it just it just is. And they're, and they're all still criminals on top of that. Sadly. Uh, sadly. <laughs> so it's kind of like, I guess that makes sense. You know, cool. But um, but it is what it is. It is what it is. Do you believe, like, as a writer, that should every writer create with people of color in mind? And specifically white writers do you believe that you know if they're they're just writing shows on their own prerogative or doing what they're doing with the the times that we're living in and diversity becoming this pseudo trend do you believe that everyone should have that in the top of mind put people of color in your content I wouldn't say they should. Mm-hmm. I mean, they should consider it because um, not every show is going to need a person of color. I agree. And as vice versa, I mean, too, like you want to make sure it fits like what what's really going on, what, what point you're trying to get across in the series or the body of work, the project. Because, I mean, if it, if it needs one, sure, you write one in. But also, you you need to make sure that it makes sense because you don't want to be like Black Panther and then you just have uh, all these black people and then, you know, you have a white leader. Mm-hmm. Or, or you don't want to be vice versa. You don't want it to be The Wire and it'd be all white people and a black cop. 
I mean, it would make sense. So, I mean, as far as that, I mean, it will be nice, but I mean, it just has to make sense. Because if it doesn't make sense, it's going to seem forced and people won't support it. Because, I mean, we see that a lot in television. Shows that get canceled in two, three, three um, episodes. I mean, what is it? I'm surprised that, um, what is it? Um, it's on Fox. Um, it's on Fox right now? Yes. Is it Lethal Weapon? Yes. Lethal Weapon. I think they're on a second season? I'm surprised it's still there, but I mean... But no, they're, they're actually... <laughs> I just seen that they um are changing. I think the lead white guy, they're like getting rid of him or something's changing or something's happening with that, though. For sure. But they're definitely on their second season right now. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it would be nice to see more people of color on TV. Like, where they belong in prime time. But, you know what I mean? Can't force it. You can't. You can't. You can't. You can't. I think, for me... Because I remember when, you know, the Oscar So White situation happened. You know, shout out to, you know, April Rain for coming up with that wonderful hashtag. Uh, But I believe I believe that, you know, because a lot of people was asking me my opinion on things. And when it came to just, you know, the movies that were created and nominated in that year. And what I said to myself was, in all honesty, I understand why people create things and do not include people of color because I genuinely have met uh, white people who have genuinely can really not explain their their experiences with people outside of their own race and I had to break it down to people like think about it like we think about them because we we have to interact with whiteness on a day to day you know, right. in some way, shape, or form. Either when we go to work, either when we on, you know, just in some way we got we have to. And with them, the way that they react to us is a very minuscule, not that intimate, not that personal type of thing. Their boss possibly isn't black. Their coworkers just may be. But it is what it is. But even if they are, they're still going to be the minority of their coworkers. So even still, it's still kind of not a intimate, re, you know, interaction. So you have shows like Friends and Girls that are, you know, criticized on their lack of, you know, color when their setting is within one of the most diverse cities in the damn world. <laughs> you can right. have, you you can have, uh, you know. A, a, a girls but it's becoming it's coming from that person's perspective and when they think of, they don't think about color because color isn't something that crosses their mind in their day to day so when they meditate and write and jot down what their ideas are and how they want this story to go including a person of color in a role that is significant isn't something they may think about. They may have one walking by, one bumping to them, one that's a barista, one that's, you know, driving the train. But to make that person your friend is something that you truly can't speak on. Hence, friends. Right. Why Why would you do that, right? But in reality, that's exactly what it is. You know, somebody would have had some interaction. Somebody should have did a something because within every black sitcom, whiteness is always a very present part of that. Even in the blackest of shows, you look at old ass shows of good times, which is a very yes. black ass show. And it still was whiteness present. How did, I, don't, I don't know, I, I've always, just, that's just always been my opinion on it. I'd rather them write from a truthful place instead of adding in, you know, some color as an accessory to say that they're being diverse. You know, like, we, we, we got somebody or we got a few, so you can't say we are like them. But I digress. So, to speak of, you know, the, the good golden era, the golden age that people have considered it being being in the 90s 
if history repeats itself, if that saying is true, do you believe that era of, you know, just all, all good, all the time, at the same time, blackness is going to occur anytime soon? I see it happening now. Hmm. However, it's being done by other people. Um, cause it, like it's like last year was a good time for hip hop, and mm-hmm. now hip hop is still very current. So now you have to be like, hmm, well, hip hop's current. How can we ride this wave to help our people out? Mm-hmm. Well, now you see all these collaborations with people. Um, I'm just gonna use Katy Perry because she's very, very fond of using hip-hop collaboration for sure and you know they just use it and it just coasts them on to where they need to be um taylor swift's another one love her death but her justin bieber like all of them they use that wave in that 90s era hip-hop is like what they try to channel in their songs but they don't really want to contribute to the movement they just want to take from it and it's coming back in fashion, but that's a whole different subject. Yes, <laughs> it is. But but I, I think I, I believe it it is too because the way I'm thinking about it is really all you need is just another sh- like to I feel like to give that same impact. Every network that has a black show currently just needs another one. And then I feel like that feeling will feel like that, like, man, it's a black show on all the time, you know, because I think about like, it's like seasons. It's like they've separated everything out to where we almost focus in on whatever the main black show is at the moment. You know, like tonight you have power dropping a trailer for the new season. Power isn't on when scandal and other things are on. Isn't separated. They separated. You know, insecure isn't on when, you know, all these other shows where that, you know, you pull those specific demographics are on. You know, you got insecure in the summertime, you got, you know, power in the spring, you got your fall shows with how to get away with murder and and grays and all that other stuff. You got blackish and you got, you know, and it's like every you got in, empire, you separate these things. And you got Queen Sugar that kind of comes out in the spring, summertime, depending on what Ava feel like doing. And it's like, okay. But if each one of these networks put out another show or better yet like I've like you know and this is one of the reasons why we first interacted I believe if BET had I feel like the 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 right type of help that they could have that we would feel that way because they could be pumping that no one would pull pull their card if they have five black scripted shows on their network right now well i'm gonna say this about bet because a lot of the people under the viacom company they got new vps and they just have this whole different objective that's going on right now what's the objective they're trying to make tv look less violent and when I mean less violent, I mean under Viacom you have BH1, you have uh, MTV, you got BET, and then you got a couple more. Well, they want to cut down on the violence. They want to focus on more shows that are family oriented mm-hmm. and other stuff. But then you still want to keep a little ratchet, but you don't want to add any education to it because. If you never, ever, ever notice any black show on any of those net, those networks, how many times do you see them promote a commercial saying it's coming on Tuesday or it's coming on Thursday or it's coming on Saturday? Like, you never see that. You never see them run commercials. Mm. Never. Even with the USA Network, the commodities, the little thing, they run 
run things just for that show because it's a black show but it comes on at a very awkward time it comes on at 11 o'clock oh that's crazy nobody's gonna be watching that but me because i'm up but and so i mean and and that also has a lot to do with television like your time slots like when scandal started going off the air they started putting it in a 10 o'clock spot because nobody watches anything at 10. They're watching the news. And, I mean, you just got to watch. Watch out for everything on TV. I mean, it would be nice to have Empire at 8, then you have Star at 9, and then have something at 10. But if that only is going to happen on one day out of the week, what are we accomplishing? Mm-hmm. Cause I remember back when it was UPN. Yeah. Like it used to like I used to call it Black Night because mm-hmm. on Monday you had girlfriends, you had one on one, you had another show. All the oh the Parkers, they mm-hmm. all came on right behind each other, back to back to back to back. But that's the only time you saw them because the rest of the week it was another type of show. It like it had nothing to do with black people at all. Mm-hmm. And I mean that's just how it is now. They can find you to that one like okay you're good for one day yeah or if you're on tv throughout the week oh we're gonna put you in a later time slot when nobody's watching yeah and that's crazy to me because because i think about like how how like thursdays you know what i'm saying how they marketed the thursday lineup you know with with you know these you know these shonda rhyme shows i feel that you if it's a good show if you put it on any weekday, except for Friday, of course, that's essentially the weekend, because nobody's really watching your show in. That's just, they just want your show to die. Basically. But from Monday, from Sunday to Thursday, if you choose one of those slots, and especially a Sunday, if you can get your show on a Sunday, it's really lit. You know everybody's going to tune in to that. Yeah. Uh, spread it out you know what I'm saying like give us we got something to watch every single day of the week multiple shows we getting it done we getting it going but I think that's really interesting about you know the whole violence and just you know I think that is isn't a bad approach to go with your you know with your content um I just think you know I'm thinking about just you know I would love to know the numbers around like who's watching like who watches BET now you know what I'm saying like to make to make that decision of you know I want this to be a more you know a family oriented and a little bit safer just less violence and everything like that because their main shows the main shows that they've been pushing lately are what, like, you know, The Quad, which is a drama, and Tales, which is essentially this hip-hop-driven drama, uh, kind of episodic uh, show. And then I'm, I'm, can't, I'm trying to think what other shows they have in their lineup currently, but definitely it, I, get the, I get the vibe of why they want to, you know, change their direction. But also, I'm thinking, like, I wonder who, because if you're doing these shows, which are very, have these adult themes, I'm trying to figure out why the next transition would be family-oriented. If you kind of know these are the people who are watching these shows, and then you just shift to this kind of, you know, more safer, this, this more safer content, will that actually, you know, transfer? I don't know. I'm just speculating. Um... I mean, you need variety on the market. For but, sure. Like you can't, you can't just shift everything to one, one genre. Like everybody's not gonna watch family shows. Exactly. Not. Exactly. I mean, you, you need um, like nine one one was actually pretty good. I didn't like the first two episodes, but as it got better, it, it just got better with each episode. I was like, oh, okay, fine. It's, you got saved because if it was just the first two episodes, I wouldn't turn tune in. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. I agree. I think now the way that I've noticed just about like television, it seems like, you know, the people they're definitely, you know, whoever it is their like flagship hit show, they really kind of give whoever that individual is kind of like the reins to do whatever the hell else they want to do on that network. Because it's like you done made us the most money. Do you got another trick in your bag? You know what I'm saying? Hence 
You have Empire with Lee Daniels. Then you have Star. Hence, you have, you know, Ryan Murphy over at FX who has, you know, American Horror Story. Then he came out with an American Crime series. He came, he's coming out with something else and something else. He gets what the fuck he wants greenlit over there, you know? And that and is a blessing because it is hard to get something greenlit. It, it's the <laughs> truth, but I think it's... But he isn't doing the same thing usually. And also on top of not doing the same thing, it's actually good. You know, like American Horror Story is, you know, it's winning awards. It's getting a lot of, you know, great ratings. The American Crime Series, especially the most previous one uh, with, you know, the OJ trial. Great time. Great story. Had people hooked. I tuned in. And I think it's just you definitely need, you know, more of that, but also that, you know, equal collaboration as well. Keep giving people all the things, you know, like, oh, you got oh, you, oh OK. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and keep giving you all this money and we'll keep giving you all this because you deserve all of this. Uh, I, would, I just I really ha I just have a lot. Of, I just believe that BT has should be the leading force within it comes to just black content and. I believe they have they, they have everything they need to do that. I just it troubles me to figure out why they aren't in that place sometimes, you know? I mean mm, I mean I really can't say. I mean I really can't say. I can't say either. And it it I don't know, it baffles me sometimes because it's kind of like, damn, this is a good ass show right here. Look at this show. But then you think about it like, damn, you know. This on HBO, this on, you know, Showtime, this on whatever, whatever. And it's kind of like, you know, I don't know if they didn't ever bring it to you. I don't know if it's a resource thing, which are all those things I highly doubt. I believe you can produce a great thing. You know, people love people. A lot of people like, you know, being Mary Jane. A lot of people like a lot of the, you know, original content that came around. But it's always some type of something that kind of gets in the way either some back dealings and contracts or just some creative differences. It's something that kind of just gets in the way and it just always baffles me. And it's just, it's, it's crazy, it's crazy. But keep it moving. So most of your work, as, I, as I've, you know, as I've known, has been on TV, right? Yes, it has. And <laughs> I would love to know what type of film would you write or currently are writing, or if you are interested in writing film at all, what would you like to see made? What story would you like to see made? Or what story would you want to write to be a feature film? I mean, I have something that I am currently working on. I can't really say the details, but it is something that will include any type of person that you meet on an everyday basis. Mm. And we need more shows like that. Like, let's just say I ran into you in a coffee shop. What mm -hmm. can that person, I, like, let's just say we're two different races. What can that person teach me today by just running into you in a coffee shop? Like, what can I learn? From you? And also, how can I use what I learned from you with the next person that I bump into that day? Mm. And hopefully I can teach them something so they can repeat the cycle. Like that is something I am working on. And I mean, it needs to be done. It will be done. I'm, I'm working on it right now. I just need the right people. Mm. And it's very hard to find the right person to bring a role to life. I mean, it seems like an easy process, but you'll be surprised how many people go for your favorite role. I believe <laughs> that. I believe that. And that sounds, and you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna share something with you that I've had a conversation with my best friend, Juwanza, who, uh, who uh, went to school for film as well. And is a person who I always go to when anytime I wanna just have these types of conversations. Um, and the conversation me and him had, around the time Insecure first came out, and it was, this very interesting thing that was presented that we were essentially explaining why this show was not only important, but unprecedented and so necessary in the times that we're living in. 
I know you're a man who, you know, knows your craft, knows your industry, so you understand tropes. For everyone who's, you know, listening, so, I, you know, just so I can explain it, you've heard of the, you know, the magical Negro trope, right? And the magical Negro trope to everyone who's listening, I will, you know, employ everybody to, you know, Google and do your own research, but it's a trope that you will find so often in film where not only is this, you know, black individual an accessory in this uh, film, but he is given this inflated, this inflated sense of purpose, almost to the point that he's like just magical as the as the trope is named. Like he's the person who can be killed and like, for example, show, you know, things like Green Mile and uh, you have uh, The Shining and things like that, where you have these dark characters in these things. And they, everything, the, everything about them is like so grand and, and so sh just out of this world because they either can come in and save the day and save all these white people or they can just do these incredible things or actually have a magical power. I believe that we as black people really, we, in, we probably may not mind it, maybe not even notice, but we truly may not relate to a, a lot of these characters. So the characters that we're that relating true. to are the characters that, because we really just want to see ourselves and we want to see ourselves in a very simple manner. So just the fact that Issa Rae is presenting a person who genuinely is insecure who is a person trying to figure out life. Not the Carrie Bradshaw got it together, got a billion shoes, men fall left and right for me. And I think that was the same, you know, reasons why, you know, something like girlfriends worked. You know, even though it had that element of, you know, showing these different types of black women and you all were successful and still very different. But I think the element of realness, the fact that we, we can have all these things, but we still don't can't figure certain things out about life. We still are insecure about these specific things. And I believe it's this it's this it's this very regular, very common, very simple very sometimes about nothing like we just want to see stories with us about nothing we want to see us as Seinfeld us just being with the homies you know and I don't know if you noticed that but I believe that's definitely a paradigm or just a zeitgeist that's in the atmosphere right now a lot of creators that I talk to and you can tell me if you notice this but that's where a lot of people are moving towards instead of making these real fantastical type of stories uh, of just, you know, overcoming and doing all these things. People are just writing stories about just being and like, there's not this grandiose, you know, coming of age. It's like, no, I was just here and I was there. Like, that's it. <laughs> and it's crazy, but that's true. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so interesting to me, but I've, people have told me about these stories that they want to do. And I just think, it's crazy how simple that concept is, but how that's something I've never seen. I mean, yeah, I mean, the most simplest ideas, you'd be like, well, why hasn't somebody done this? Because people think, and I mean, I've been in a room full of creators. We all have our own outlooks on different topics, but like, they'll be like, oh, that's too simple. People aren't going to like it. Like, mm -hmm. they'll shoot down that idea without even thinking about it twice. Mm -hmm. But another network might do it, and then it, boom, it becomes a hit. Exactly. I mean, because when we first started doing Lucifer, um, it wasn't called that. It was called something else. I can't remember. But the first thing that crossed my mind, oh, wow, we're going to get so much backlash with this, with this show. And then when they confirmed that the name was going to be loose for, I was like, oh, my God, I, how am I going to break this to the people that I know? Because I know, like, religion was going to come in there. Like, he worked on the show, and the name was called Lucifer. He's a devil. Mm -hmm. I was like, but you got to watch it. I mean, it, that is true. However, you have to watch it. it, it they play a pun on words, because just because he's Lucifer doesn't mean he's 
trying to take you to hell. He's actually trying to save you. Mm-hmm. However, if he wants to, he's gonna go ahead and take you to hell anyway. Like if you deserve it. But if he if you were one of those people that need to be saved, he's gonna save you. But yes, your simple ideas, they look at it, they be like, oh, nah. No, people aren't gonna like that. But then one of these independent people at Tribeca Film Festival, Sundance, they do like I'm I'm just gonna use the simplest thing I've ever seen. Paranormal activity when it very first came out. Mm-hmm. That was simple. They had a low budget film, probably under I think like fifty thousand. Yeah. But at Blue first you know, people people I mean that that thing just went crazy like over the years got boring. But when that first one came out, people thought it was real because like, oh my God, all this stuff really can happen. And then you know, people found out it was fake. But that set a trend for simple movies, like simple horror, horror, um, horror um, story. Like now you had Truth and Dare, a game everybody played when they were a kid. Exactly. Um, I mean, simple is best. And I mean, I think people are doing simple now, honestly, because they've ran out of ideas. Like if you haven't noticed a lot of shows, TV shows, movies, they're doing remakes or like little reboots of old things like television shows like Hollywood as a whole has run out of juice like they run out of right to my next point (laughs) like they ran out of creative juice I mean it's so sad like everything doesn't need a reboot everything doesn't need a remake like the the one that um, Scarlett Johansson did when she was like a cyber superhero whatever it flopped they could have they should have left that alone <laughs> but i mean then you have things such as hmm, um god what what did they remake that did good oh um it it did very well it did very well it did very well <laughs> and, and just to keep keep you going with this reboot thing you know what i'm saying just because you brought it up how do you because you already started to give you a point so i get this feeling that you kind of do you think it's a good thing that they're doing these reboots do you think it's what what's your what's your take on this reboot remake redo revitalize renovate you know re-re what's up with all this tell me what you think um, about it well honestly it just depends on who's behind it as mm-hmm. far as the network because mm-hmm. certain networks have a certain audience. So I'm going to use America's Next Top Model. Okay. Like, it was very good when it was on UPN. It did okay when it was on CW. It came to VH1 and it just it started bombing because it became too predictable. Like, the people that work there, they have a certain image and a certain emotion and audience they want to reach so it doesn't look as authentic as it did when it very first came on Mm -hmm. because they kept trying to remake it it's a great show it gives a lot of people opportunities but if you ever pay attention they always put people there that have a problem that somebody can relate to whether it's a girl that this season i think she was racist like she she like they placed her in the house like god this girl is so racist and then they placed a person in there that really had a problem with people like her like now shows are being made like it's like a it's like um the show bowling point that used to come on mtv yeah like they place people in there that that are going to trigger you it's just a matter of time before like things just start going chaotic but i mean with a reboot you need to make sure whoever's doing it does it right because Unfortunately, Roseanne came back with the full cast. That barely happens. Barely. And Everybody it, and it did check. It, and it did good, but then they want to bring back Martin. I love Martin, but it should stay dead. Well, you look at my notebook, ain't you? <laughs> look, it should just stay dead. Martin is just a classic. See, I mean, I know we need the a black show that does it, but can we pick something other than Martin? And, I mean, and something other than living single. And like, see, that's, do anything else. That's the part. That's the part that's vital that I was going to add 
Um, because I do think it has something to do with the network. I do think it has something to do with the exact show that's being brought back too. Because Martin is one of the ones, yes, we love it. Yes, obviously, we still watch the reruns. They probably check the ratings. They probably still got high ratings just because of the reruns. All that jazz, right? That, to me, does not equate we want to see. We enjoy. That means we enjoy what was made, and we can keep on consuming what was made. That does not mean we desire some fresh, new Martin. Personally, I don't see how they can do that without Tommy. I would not want to see a Martin without the full cast. I would not want to see any reboot without the full cast. Uh, because it's just the reason why we enjoyed this then is because of the elements that we're all a part of it. Uh, gladly to say that, you know, this Roseanne show, you know, given this kind of n- new uh, take on it. It's down in ratings now and Blackish is up, which is what's up. Because they was throwing a little bit of shade to Blackish on Roseanne. It's crazy. But to me, I'm I'm I, you know, I'm half and half. I'm conflicted at times because when I hear about certain remakes of certain films, I'm here for it. You know? Because it's like but what makes me here for it is because time has passed. You know what I'm saying? Like, the movie came out 30 years ago. And I seen it some time ago. Doing that again now and modernizing it would be perfect right now. But we're trying to redo. And not only redo. I don't know if you read about this. They're trying to give a, a TV adaptation of a very beloved black in what some creators would say one of the only true black rom-coms, Boomerang. They want to bring that to BET and make it a show. Have you heard about that? I have, but I mean, can we can we give it a more updated version? It don't have to be Boomerang. That's the thing. I think one thing that, you know, because I listen to a lot of podcasts, one thing Kid Fury said on the read was something that was brilliant and I was thought was, I didn't even think about it. It was perfect because it's, I get it if you want to bring all these things back. You have, and you might have some type of data that backs why you should bring this show back because of just our sense of nostalgia, because of just the reruns, because of just the, the profiles of the people who will be attached to it, all that. Why don't we do it inspired by, you know? This was inspired by this thing, you know? We can tie it in. We can create spinoffs. We got other elements of, you know, TV and film where we can make this make sense. And it can work. And it will be, if done correctly, it will be fine just like that you know you can bring back martin but not martin you can bring back the elements but not the show so with boomerang i see yes you can possibly maybe adapt this into a show but don't try to just cast a new you know every single character and try to essentially recreate every single part and really the only successful thing that i believe has done that and and our time has been Dear White People, which airs tomorrow, May 5th, I believe. No, not tomorrow, May 4th. Uh, I think it uh, airs tomorrow night. And I believe their transition was one of the best because I definitely was one of those people who in the number who kind of doubted it. I was like, I don't know if this is going to be good. I don't know if this is a smart move. This movie just came out. They want to make this thing into a show. I don't know. We'll see. I mean, I'll give it a try. And I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yeah, because, I mean, I remember they had a screening here in Atlanta, and I was like, do I really want to go to this? And my friend was like, yeah, why not? Why wouldn't you? I was like, just the title of it alone. I was like, I hope they did this right, because if not, the backlash is going to be unimaginable and and whoever's behind it is probably never going to have a job again. Exactly. 
And that's not good because we know that's a black, some black folks. So that's just not good at all. But I'm, but I think a big reason why, because the movie was something that you know was, I thought was good, that I thought was unique, that I thought was needed, and the fact that you had so many elements from the film to stay with the show, I think is what made the show so good you know the shots were incredible and they kept that same style they kept the same tone they you know this this the writing itself was you know definitely very similar but it definitely felt more expanded they definitely took their time it was a show so you you can you, you don't have to you know be so you know emotional and dramatic because you kind of racing with time you got to get this all out you can draw it out and build these characters and show their layers i enjoy the hell out of the show if you can't tell so i'm excited about this weekend i'm gonna get my binge on you feel me but dead <laughs> but but all in all i believe you know the last thing i would you know would love your opinion on is just for us to kind of close out on just the, the power of color in these shows. There has been so many things that have been said when you're talking about, you know, black blackness doesn't sell overseas. Blackness, you know, no one will relate. This is a very segmented, marginalized thing. No one really knows or cares, right? Right. This in the past, the all those notions in the past several years, and also there we've definitely had moments where we've these things have been disproven. With such things as, you know, hidden figures, girls trip, and the coup de gras, Black Panther has truly shattered all of those myths and all of those quote unquote sayings. And then also on a t level of TV where you have, you know, one of the one of the best shows in you know recent history, Scandal, finally coming to an end with a black leading woman, which only you know dominoed effect into giving to having more leading women on television. What else do they have left to say? Is the question. What what other excuse, from your professional opinion, do you believe a very well written show? with the right people attached to it, people who are proven creators and individuals to be attached to a show, what can still give them that no now? And that could be a show or a movie. What do you believe can still get that thing? You know what, this isn't it. Um, can we please get like another girlfriends, one-on-one um a different world would be excellent mm -hmm. um um i mean it's i know it's a very controversial topic but uh something like the cosby show or something like something that anybody of any age any gender can like learn from on tv because we need more than just the reality TV. Like, we need more than the love and hip-hop and the spin-offs. I mean, we need more stuff like, I don't know if you've seen Giants by Issa Rae and... Yeah, James Blaine. Just, and Jesse Sumlin. Like, we need more shows like that. Like, I know the future is, like, digital, so, like, YouTube, but we need more shows like those on actual TV. Like, because a lot of people will watch those shows if they came on TV. Like, networks, I need for them to drop that color barrier. Like, it's okay to have more than one female of color lead role on any network. It's no competition. Just put her on TV. Put her on like, TV. Like, we need a, a black man that takes care of his family on TV. We don't need him to be the drug buster like we don't need him to be the gangster we don't need him to be the person in jail can he just have a regular job like everybody hates chris like can he have something that we can relate to can we have black kids that go to college i'm i'm so glad for blackish and the spinoff that it's given mm -hmm. like we need more shows like that 
We really do. I mean, the quad, I know it's based around scandals, but we need more shows that are showcasing, okay, we can go to school, we can get education. We don't have to just do this once we get out of school. Like, no, we can go further. Like, we can go up. Like, we just really, really, really need, like, give us, like, our own little space for a little time. Like, please. Like, can we do the action? Can we do the love? Can we do the mystery? Can we do the lifestyle and the inspiration? Can we have anything other than what you're giving us now? Because, I mean, we've pretty much maxed those outlets out. (laughs) Um, But, no, I mean, I really, really... I just I just want to see a change in the demographic of how they showcase us. Um, hmm. I agree. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I think I think like I said, we're on the way with the with the elements that they can, really can't control, being the YouTubes and shows like that. It's definitely building. We know by result of you know individuals like Issa Rae that pushing creating steady steady creation once you got the audience no one can really deny what you can do and you don't want to be the network or the individual or the executive to be like we can't bet on this person we can't bet on this person's uh vision and creation and then they then they go and you know go to bt or go to some other network and you're looking real stupid for not taking what is now the top-rated show on television. Um, and it is what it is. And I think, you know, people starting to see it. People starting to understand what's what. And I think it's something that's going to not be the same as last time, you know, during the golden era. I don't believe that it's going to, once it's here and once we're in the mix, we're going to be there. Just from just what I've you know read and heard from just people who were some of the people we loved during those, you know, 90s era films and television shows. They speak about how they didn't have, they didn't gain power. They were still just actors and, you know, just writers and just directors, but they didn't gain access to be the producers, gain the access to be individuals who could create their own things and direct their own things. And now we have those individuals who are playing on both sides, and not just in front of the camera and not just behind the camera. They're playing all the sides and have the connections that they really, really need. And I think it's a beautiful, beautiful time. And I'm so glad that a brother like yourself is all up in the business. Yes, because I mean, it gets lonely up in those little boardrooms and writing rooms. I bet, I bet. <laughs> you can't even ask nobody else for lotion. You're gonna be like, I know y'all ain't got no lotion, shit. Like. I can ask you for like hairspray or like a comb or. <laughs> you ain't got no <laughs> lotion. Yeah. No shave. No, no cocoa. No. I'm gonna just no cocoa. Gonna keep my hands in my pocket today, then. But no, but no. Uh, tell everyone where they can follow you, where they can support your work, and any anything that you want them to support that's currently on television for sure. Um. Everybody can find me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter at Jason Azari. That's J Z O N A Z A R I. Also, you can find me at The Azarian, which is T H E A Z A R I A N. Um, my current projects coming out all, thank God, they all come out in June. So tune in to Claws. June 10th on TNT. Then you have Queen of the South and Shooter both premiering at USA on June 20th at 9 and then again at 10. So, I mean, you get back to back there. Um, Other than that, they just have to check out my sites. They can check out my website, um, Jason azari.org and find out everything that's going on with me mm, that's it that's it right there y'all make sure y'all do all that watch all the shows connect 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 especially if you're in the Atlanta area because I know 
people who listen to this are in the Atlanta area. So connect with your boy. If you don't know now, you know you can listen to the Simply King podcast everywhere. Podcasts are available uh, except for Spotify. I'm still working on that, y'all. It's not that easy, trust me, but I'm making the moves I need to make. But uh, you can follow me everywhere at Kings underscore memoirs on all social media platforms. You can check me out and come at me with any type of inquiring messages, any questions, anything you want to speak on on the show. If you feel that you need to be on this show, you can come to go to my website, lifeisking.com, and you can contact me there or directly through my social media. Appreciate everyone who's listening, everyone who's been supporting. The show is growing, the show is flowing, more connections, more growth. I'm hitting, I'm you know, making 25 this year, so it's gonna be real, real special for that. So y'all keep tuning in. I got some special things in store for y'all. Thank you, love y'all. This is the, Sim- the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans simply being humans. This is Simply King, love y'all. Sing.